Hello, Matt. How's it going today? I uh, well, same as usual, I guess. Yeah. I don't, so I, awesome <laughs> as heck. <laughs> the there was a period I would say yes. This is not quite one of those periods, but I'll hang in there. <laughs> that's uh, that's that's not that's not good. No, what, I'm just what busy. Sucks, what it's sucks not, is it? Yeah. I, I, I want to be able to get you to vent and, and just have like a whole session on that. But I, I feel like you're uh, so riddled with NDAs. You don't want to risk that territory. <laughs> uh, you know, it's not even just like, I mean, there's a lot of things just happening. Uh, uh, kind of like uh, you ever get to one of those points in your life. I feel like you're always on the same point as me, actually, where it's like, what's next? What, what, like, are we going to, like, where are we going to live in a year? And what's, like, the five-year yeah. look look like? And you just kind of think about it, and it freaks you out, and you don't know if you should be making changes now or then, and it's like, Ugh. Yeah. It's, it's weird because, and again, I know you have had this same experience, but, like, you know, having kids is kind of a forcing function, and then you have a family, and the desires of family is a forcing function. Like, when I was mm. single, it was like, oh, I should just move to this other place. Ah, uh, I don't like what I'm doing. I'm going to go do this other job, or, ah, uh, you know. Uh, is this the right thing to take at school? Maybe I'll take a year off. And now it's always like, oh, well, all these considerations kind of really bolt you to the ground. Uh, it's just, yeah, I don't know. Wine, wine. Everyone yeah, man. I've, their things. I've been kind of going stir crazy for like a couple of years now. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't quite it's, call myself stir crazy, but I'm something. I'm something. I mean, now, now I feel like I need to look up the definition of stir crazy to make sure I didn't uh, call okay. it some sort of... Uh, <laughs> condition that i don't actually have <laughs> I, I apparently stir crazy was a 1980s movie so i i can't actually it can't be too offensive although yeah, i mean it, it is the 80s it's yeah it was uh it's got gene wilder in it so it must have been good richard Pryor. hmm maybe it is offensive i don't know <laughs> i mean probably just, just not a stretch probably yeah it's 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 been weird for me the past couple of years uh just because like i I have moved around so consistently that it it feels wrong to stay put in some ways. <laughs> wrong. I mean, I know you're all about different places. I'm less about that per se, even though I move constantly. Um, I often move like around. There's, there'll be like a, a city center and I'll move to like 10 different places kind of in that periphery <laughs> before switching to another city. Uh, yeah, I've only, I've, only, I've only moved once within the same city and it was literally a block away. Yeah, um, I don't know if we've done quite a, a short distance move. I feel like I did that in Vancouver a few times. Um, yeah, I'm just all about like I guess switching up. Like I don't know everything. I, I get bored easily. That's it. Maybe I just want to go try do different things. Um, and it's and it's another weird thing because I'm sorry. I, I just like I'm I'm yeah. like like if you just kind of sample something and move on, you never really get good at that or you never really like it it's not it doesn't get to the point where it becomes a, a hobby and so i'm always kind of balancing this weird tendency i have to get really bored and want to just try other things mm -hmm. with this desire to like get good at things uh and so like yeah. you know it's, it's the classic like go deep on one or two axes or you know go go wide and shallow um it's not really well, I mean, just that's... about being good at things it's also just yeah i don't know just a I mean, desire I... to fully <laughs> go ahead I'm, I'm just talking over you well i was gonna say like i i, I feel like in a way that's that's how i feel about moving like i i would rather live somewhere for a year than vacation there for a week yep i hear that so i, that. I mean i'm i'm kind of like uh antsy right now because i feel like i can't do vacations either <laughs> <laughs> everything sucks everything sucks 
Yeah, um, I mean, kids starting school is especially rough, I think. Uh, I don't know what you're like, maybe you guys are happier to pull to, to be flexible there, like with two no, kids. It's kind of I mean, like, mm. I mean, that's that's kind of what's weird for me, too, is that like I've I've considered moving around and, you know, like I think you just said a, a few minutes ago, like a few minutes ago in a five minute podcast, uh, <laughs> a few sentences ago, I think you said uh, something about uh, how if you were still single, you'd be doing stuff differently. And it's I don't know. I guess that's part of what makes me feel locked down too. Is it like once, once you're a family unit and two people have to be employed, uh, and and one person has to go to school, it it changes that whole dynamic. Like it, it would be nice to just pack up and go somewhere else, but it, like I feel like for me being in Montreal, my kid's got a pretty good situation where he's learning to be bilingual um, in the school that he's going to, and mm-hmm. I I don't know we we learned french you and i when we were in school but as your snicker indicates <laughs> the word learn is used very loosely there when i was or when we were youngsters i felt like french was like it was cool to be bad at french right like it was yeah. the cool cool to screw around in class right like yeah if you screw around in math maybe that's cool too but you're probably screwing your future there's like a little bit of a like okay but like french you could screw around with screw around in it was cool to screw around in and in the end eh whatever yeah it, it it that was like the group mentality that i had like i feel like um we may have had like a class with a teacher that we uh, all disliked and we would not uh take that teacher's class seriously but it seemed like from uh year to year french was regardless of the teacher or the class it was kind of like communally not taken seriously where we where we grew up yeah when uh, when did you stop taking french um in school you mean yeah i mean uh i i think in high school we suddenly had the choice yeah i get out right away yeah i think i think i took it in grade 10 i don't remember if it was still mandatory at that point but grade 11 and 12 i didn't take it because i didn't take it in 10 so i know it wasn't yeah Yeah. i and then the reason i was a little confused when you asked is because i've I've taken classes this summer okay so so, i mean i i stopped for like well i stopped for like 15 years or however long it was but but now i'm living in montreal and it kind of feels relevant again i uh i don't know if you remember or if we talked even at the time but i I at one point was uh it was kind of when i was in vancouver and just desperate to like figure my life out in vancouver you know it's pricey and the economy Mm -hmm. is fairly uh your salaries don't really keep up with living expenses and so i at one point was thinking of moving to montreal Mm -hmm. (laughs) um and so i was doing these just like almost like pimsler type things uh Mm -hmm. french lessons they were from the yeah. U.S. military. It was really weird. Like all the examples were always like, you know, tell your colonel that you need more ammunition, <laughs> or like, you know, today you it's know, time to go back. Stuff. Yeah, it's time to go back to the barracks. <laughs> so I, I know these like weird French words. Anyway, I feel like I learned more because <laughs> I was training for the sun run at the time. So I go running and listening to these French lessons. I learned more French then than I ever learned screwing around in school. Uh, like all the <laughs> French I know right now is from that little period of my life. Yeah, I mean, that's that's what's weird about high school and, and junior high and stuff is like you're forced to take all these classes that you have no interest in and they are really obliged to go at the pace of whoever the, the slowest students are. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, the, I don't know. There's a gradual learning process that happens through school, but uh, I think it's more about learning how to learn than learning anything in specific. 
I got that sense more in uh, university, actually, where it was like, Maybe. let's teach them how to learn. Yeah. And then let's like peace out. And so like, it kind of, I mean, it becomes a habit to like, I mean, I remember at times I was so busy that like I'd be skipping classes to do homework for other classes, like literally mm -hmm. like just till like 2 a.m. every day, like just crazy, 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 yeah, crazy yeah. Uh, workloads. And you, you suddenly had to choose what you're going to do. You can't do it all. And like yeah. that being forced into that pressure cooker environment taught mm -hmm. you to, to kind of figure that out. And like, I think the teachers, like I've, I talked to teachers who literally said, yeah, we know it's like that. Like that's mm -hmm. intentional. <laughs> and like there's teachers who would almost not even like the only point to go to the class for me, because I'm not really a classroom type person was to have them tell me what I need to go and learn. And I would go mm -hmm. learn it on my own. Effectively, it was my whole university experience in high school. It was like, I was, it's not like I'm captain genius, but I think I was smart enough that like, I just kind of got stuff. Like I never really studied for math. Right. I, of course yeah. I'd memorized dates for history class and whatever foolishness, but, um, universities when it was like, Whoa, I need to figure this out. Yeah. Yeah. I did. I did homework as r rarely as I could in, in, uh, high school. I would learn the teachers that didn't bother to check the homework. And so then I wouldn't do the homework. Um, I don't even in, remember actually. I in, just in, did it. I don't know. For me in college, everything was project-based. Um, yeah like we didn't have tests in our figure drawing class I, actually that's incorrect that's one of the few ones that we did actually have tests in um because we, we had to, <laughs> yeah we we had to be able to draw all the bones and all the muscles from memory and and know their names so yeah, yeah. figure figure drawing was actually the, the one class that we had tests in <laughs> um but yeah we we in uh in layout class or storyboarding or whatever i didn't have tests in those everything was project based uh so it, it would inevitably result in like five different projects all being due on the same week yeah <laughs> i've been there i feel like uh, in engineering it kind of progresses to that like in the earlier yeah. times it's just all math 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 physics math physics and it's all a yeah. test test and then eventually once you have enough of that you can actually do projects and so then yeah. kind of like closer to the end of your uh, your schooling you get more project-based stuff presentations and all that it was it was i remember it being frustrating because it's like we had like character design and storyboarding and and uh, animation and stuff but like i feel like it was rare that any of the projects had anything to do with each other and it's like if if you were doing like a short film or something you could kind of like make all of the projects be like a part of a greater whole yeah yeah but I see. but <laughs> but it was just kind of a mess where we just had like completely different things we were doing and it was like it's it was definitely uh, difficult to, to focus on anything in particular. And then for me personally, I wanted to do visual effects, which wasn't part of the curriculum. So I was like doing all the stuff that had to be done and then trying to teach myself something else on the side. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Sounds busy. Uh, I, <laughs> I, I remember that. Um, so in electronics engineering, or at least my school's approach, it, it, they just went really kind of like broad. I mean, it's, it's such yeah. an enormous field in so many different ways and you can go and specialize and basically the going knowledge at the time was if you wanted to like, I mean, yeah, of course, I guess, but like it, most companies were hiring people with masters because they wanted people mm -hmm. who specialized in stuff. And so the whole curriculum was this massive, very busy thing where you came out with like just general knowledge. And if you wanted to jump into any particular pillar of that, you need a master's where you would go and learn like electronic materials or like whatever, some specific circuit design or whatever. Mm. And uh, I don't know, I feel like so like that's like I graduated and basically just went right into like software stuff uh, and skipped the whole thing. But a lot of my friends who went more focused on like just pure like engineering stuff, I think partially struggled for that reason. Like they, they people don't want to hire these generalists and that's what they had. Right. So, mm. uh, yeah, it was weird. I've got like no concept of what engineering is, man. Like I, 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 
yeah, I've got, I've got all, I can't even come up with an example of, of what I do know. Like, like what sort of a project would you have done in college? Um, so, uh, like I remember my, uh, well, actually I kind of don't remember too many details, but my <laughs> year in project was, um, so like they would present all these like, uh, societal issues that are going on at the time. And at the time, um, a big one was like wind energy. And so my, my final project was around wind energy. It was like circuit design for a uh, like wind energy unit or something, like kind of like just a giant windmill, I guess. Uh, and so we had to design like the alternator stuff inside that would convert the wind energy into uh, electricity, uh, into electrical power, right? And so like the project is, you know, they give all these details and whatever, but ultimately it kind of boils down to like, a model you need to build that will say like here's this area um, that we're building these windmills here's all this wind uh, there's this much wind per hour uh, or whatever uh, across the average of a year um, in the day it's about this high at the night it's about you know this low whatever we want to get x amount of power out design this mm -hmm. and so you'd, you'd have to pick where they go you'd have to pick like the height and like blah, blah 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 and then you'd have to like maybe sometimes we'd work across disciplines so we'd work with like mechanical engineers to figure out like maybe like th those parts, like more of the physical like arrangement or, or whatever, um, how to how to maximize the energy transfer. And then uh, like the electronics bit was, would usually just be like more kind of um, like circuit design and you design like filters so that um, the amount of energy transfer is optimal. Like you don't have losses there and whatever. Uh, or like I had another class on um, like RF circuit design and it's the weirdest, mm -hmm. man, the things, <laughs> I mean, physics is crazy, of course. Like if you go and study like astrophysics or something, but mm -hmm. like, at a, at a microscopic level where you're looking at like electrons traveling across a medium, it, it gets really crazy because there's all these like things you wouldn't necessarily think you have to consider. Um, so like in micro circuits, uh, when, electros when electricity flows, it creates magnetism. Like there's, there's, a, there's magnetic fields that get generated. And so if all the wires are too close to each other, the, magne uh, the magnetic field affects them, which is generally bad, but then you have to design for that. And so like we would always design these circuits that would like whatever, right? Like the simple one is like an amplifier that takes maybe some sort of analog input. So it's like sound or something, right? <clears throat> um, mm -hmm. Through a speaker and you would build a unit that converts that into digital. And then you would program a microchip to, to uh, process the digital stuff in some way. It's like designing a guitar pedal or something, right? You'd like mm -hmm. add distortion or you just amplify it or something. And then the other end, you would need to design uh, something to output like to convert it back into analog and then to amplify it. And so there's all these staged things. Like it's just stuff like that. Um, just think of like any system, like any object you buy, like a television, um, and yeah. breaking it down into all its parts. Like obviously it has a power supply, it has a display, it has all these things inside, it has the, the software that powers it, whatever. And then you have to design all the parts, at least at a high level. I find like having graduated, I don't know, of course those jobs exist. <clears throat> um, but like the amount of software jobs just dwarfs the amount of hardware yeah, yeah, jobs. Yeah. And like a lot of stuff that used to be hardware is now software. Like if you look at the original Nintendo, it's all like circuits inside mm. and stuff. Like if you look at modern like, emulation, or? not even emulate. Well, yeah, emulation definitely. But like even like if you bought like a one of those like you know whatever what are they called retro whatever. Like it's just like a, someone remade the NES recently or right. some pirate system. It's literally just like a system on a chip, and someone just programmed everything. Like it's mm. all like FPGA and stuff. Like you don't need all this like complicated weird like analog circuitry and stuff that they used to have. So it really, yeah, there's like a lot more software jobs. It's, yeah, it's weird. I don't even know what like electronics engineering looks like now at school. There's probably an entirely different focus on what's important because it's such a changing industry, right? Yeah. I'd, I'd be curious to see how, if anything's changed in the animation education. <laughs> well, because yeah. like when I, when I went. Software focus, um, digital focus maybe? Well, I mean, probably like, like there was, I don't know, 
uh, I guess I'd describe them as Luddites. <laughs> There's uh, some of the teachers that were teaching me at the time, like I, I went for hand-drawn animation and mm-hmm. and the, the program that I was in changed the year that I was enrolled from a, a three-year diploma in 2D animation to a four-year degree that also included 3D animation. Mm-hmm. And and there was there was a, like the strong resistance from some of the teachers where they felt like you can't possibly learn how to animate on a computer because it's mm-hmm. you're just you're just pushing buttons, uh, and and there was like this real resistance where they wanted us to be doing everything on paper, which to me feels crazy because. I, I like I, I understand it to a certain degree because like when you're learning to, to draw with the pencil and eraser, you got to get it right. And if you don't get it right, you have to basically just erase your drawing and do a new drawing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so like there's this real like uh, draftsmanship uh, skill that gets uh, built and you, you start to learn how things work so that you don't have to redo things. Mm-hmm. But when you're learning on a computer like the, i i believe there's the same principle with the with en- engineering as there is in, in games the fail fast mm-hmm. yep. and there's this yep. whole idea of like you just do it and if it doesn't work you can fix it and do it again or do revisions or whatever and like you can't fail fast with hand-drawn animation <laughs> <laughs> so it's like that's that's totally what i was doing with um that's the way i see with computers is that like you can you can do revisions and, and change them and not just have to start from scratch each time. Um, so I think some of those teachers have changed their mindset a little bit and they're now letting the students do 3d, uh, and even stop motion and, and other mediums. And they're, they're, they get to use programs like tune boom instead of having to do everything on paper. Um, yeah, yeah, it's interesting. You're probably completely right. It's like just this, uh, this holding on to old ideas. I mean, there's something almost like, uh, like, I don't know, like sentimental about like, you know, waxing on about amazing like draftsmanship and all these people going through like the harder version of it to to be able to produce the product and like expecting the new generation to go through that too, because that's going to like harden them better or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I I, uh, I had a, um, like there's just this book of like drawings by this guy I like, uh, and I was reading the intro and it's all like charcoal stuff, like really analog stuff. And the intro to the, book he's like he's going over his like experiences or whatever and he was talking about how he used to do everything in digital and he he decided he'd try some analog stuff just for fun and i forget what he said like the his teacher could tell right away he was a digital artist because he was less concerned with making mistakes and he was so embarrassed about it or something and i was i read it and i was like what that it seems like a weird thing to be embarrassed about and it's just like what you're saying like fail fast right just try it okay it didn't work try again try again like it's definitely a different it's very interesting because obviously if you're building something analog, the amount of pre-work you need <laughs> to like make sure it's not going to be a failed product in the end or you're going to have to redo everything is like, it's just a different thing, right? Yeah. 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 It's, I mean, it's interesting because um, like I haven't really done any stuff with engineering. Um, like I remember grade two, maybe grade I two. learned. A, yeah. Like it, <laughs> I think it was in my grade two no, it was my grade three science class. I, I we had a, a great science teacher, and we did do a little bit of stuff with circuits. And I didn't do anything like that again until like physics class in high school. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and and so now it's like this situation where my kid is six years old right now, and we uh, we unfortunately 
or fortunately, I don't know how to look at it, uh, but we kept him home from kindergarten because he wasn't obligated to do that. And there was a pandemic and we just decided let's, let's keep him safe. But that meant that he ended up spending a lot of last year on YouTube <laughs> and, and playing video games. So uh, to try to kind of compensate for that, like I started trying to get, um, there's these, um, oh, what are they called? Oh, I think I know. The tinker crates. Yeah, yeah, <clears throat> yeah. Like, like he started getting into the, the YouTube channel Smarter Every Day, and um, Mark Rober ha- has a channel where he he's an, uh, a NASA scientist at one point. Mm. Um, and so, like he, he uh, I think it was Mark Rober is the one that was advertising the Tinker Crate, and so we get a subscription to that now, and those arrives, and he really loves building those things. Yeah, cool. um, and and we also got him uh, snap circuits. Okay. Yeah. Um, and and it's it's funny because like he's built like a little remote control vehicle with snap circuits, and he's built a little uh, uh, light, uh, an alarm basically that plays music if there's light shining on it. And yeah, stuff. yeah. And, I think we have uh, the same thing. I don't know if it's exactly identical, but probably like a very similar set. Yeah, yeah. Probably, but yeah. it's like I don't know much <laughs> of what's happening. I know enough that I can explain to him the principles of what's going on, but. I feel like I'm learning almost as much as he is when we look at these things. <laughs> well, it's almost like uh, even just my daughter just going to normal like uh, kindergarten and then grade one, like she's always coming mm-hmm. home and talking about animal facts. Like it's mm-hmm. it's not really like job applicable and I'm not like learning physics or, or some new thing, but like it's just interesting because there's definitely tons of stuff she knows more about already than I know. Uh, mm. uh, and it's just like, I don't know, she really likes like uh, ocean animals. So she's always talking about like the lifespan of a shark or like what this other thing eats or like mm. what the, what kind of, what the uh, underwater ecosystem, like what the ecosystem is of an underwater volcano and all this stuff that obviously she just learned in school and she's coming home and talking about it. But still yeah. it's like, I'm like, cool. I, it, you know, I don't even need to really watch like documentaries or anything because I just <laughs> kind of get it secondhand from my six-year-old. Uh, but it's, I, it's neat too. I, I, I love that, yeah, that he, he comes back with that same sort of stuff and, and I'll immediately follow it up after he tells me something like, let's look up more on that and we'll watch like a short video on YouTube or something where yeah, yeah, someone yeah. explains it. It's, it's a, it's, it's an interesting world. Um, I, your, um, your kid, are they taking English in school now or? Uh, yeah, well, kindergarten is entirely, or sorry, uh, elementary school is entirely English. Uh, okay. and, uh, our daughter is, um, I mean, like she has some good friends, so I think she's quite motivated, uh, to like try and work on English. And so that's coming along very, very, very well. I think she's like, she's basically bilingual now, like totally just very natural in both languages. Right. Son is where we have him in a, he's in a, there's an English preschool and a Japanese one and he's, <laughs> he hates the English one, of course, which is kind of how it always, you know, starts, I guess. Uh, but I don't know. He's, he, he seems receptive. Like he, he yeah, he, he'll get there. I'm pretty confident it's going to go. Yeah. Okay. Like he doesn't hate, he, I should, I say he hates it. He's not like crying, screaming, hated. He's yeah, always yeah, just yeah. kind of like, do I have to go? Ugh. And then, you know, we kind of give him the talk and he's like, all right, all right. Um, so yeah, I'm, it's, I'm, it's interesting. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to muster language enthusiasm because it's like, French I mean, stuff might be. Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's hard to kick feelings that you've had about a language yeah. since you were a kid, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, like he, he uh, I found it funny because when we started up in Montreal, like uh, we did, we didn't speak any French at home yeah. ever. Uh, so we sent him to preschool, and and he had no choice but to pick up some of it there. And after like a year, I think in preschool, 
Mm. He was already speaking about as much French as I could <laughs> ever in your life. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so, I mean, that was the one thing that I was kind of uh, worried about last year, keeping him home was just that he was losing that mm. uh, access to French. But uh, so he's, he's back now. And I, I'm one of those people that is like morally against homework. <laughs> okay. Like I, like I feel like it, it, uh, the idea of getting kids to do homework in school just reinforces the lack of uh, work-life balance that everyone's kind of encouraged to have as an adult. Like Ooh, that, that, that I could talk about for a while. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you'd love our school district. Um, I mean, they give little, yeah, I, I'm guessing, uh, does your son have homework? Yeah. And, and, and so one, he, wow. Yeah. He gets homework in French. I don't think he ever gets homework in English. Um, but he, hmm. he brings home homework every Friday, uh, for French class. And I'm like both angry that they're giving him homework and, <laughs> Friday, <no less. laughs> and, and angry that my kid loves doing his homework. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> and, and mildly, um, I don't, I don't know what sort of adjective to use but i guess mildly uh okay with the fact that i have to do the french homework too and so i'm slowly learning a little bit more <laughs> yeah i think there could be a worse uh, there could be a combination of things that would lead to a much worse outcome here like yeah hate. yeah yeah <laughs> or it's more homework um yeah I, it's kind of uh, yeah I, i'm kind of helping my uh, daughter with math homework yeah and i'm obviously not like learning because it's you know it's elementary yeah math. yeah and it's okay, uh, but it's it's another. I mean, you're talking about work life balance. Yeah, it's it's a real reality that homework for the kid is is homework for the for the parent, especially yeah. in those early years. Is something I'm finding out really fast. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I mean, that was going back to the idea of moving around and stuff. That was something that um, has come up in the idea of trying to move around because it's like he's he's out of school right now, where he's learning the two languages of Canada. Uh, so he's probably going to fare well in no matter where we move around in Canada, mm -hmm. but that wouldn't necessarily be the case anywhere else. Right. Like I think I mentioned a couple podcasts ago that uh, I, I had considered early on in the pandemic moving to another country and that country mm -hmm. would have been Denmark. Um, and then I, I was very curious about that because their education system is very different from ours, but also mm -hmm. it wouldn't, it starts to become a challenge uh, I guess like it's one thing as an adult to move around, but as a kid, it's like you have to be able to pass tests each year in school. And like, if you're not up to date with the same curriculum as everyone yep. else. Yep. And even like, like not just language, but like history yeah. classes and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Totally. And of course, knowledge builds on knowledge. So like, a, yeah. like uh, curriculum that's I guess reasonably structured wouldn't just be all new things that you would just pop into the language thing is a tough one too because yeah I mean, yeah we all know kids learn languages easily and whatever but like they also forget them easy as mm -hmm. far as I can tell from talking to a lot of people yeah like I mean I'm talking yeah. to like yeah adults who grew up in like Korea until they mm -hmm. were six and now they barely speak Korean they can they have like they, they describe it as like grade one Korean with their parents or like uh, I have a Russian friend who says the same thing. And I mean, that's six years of learning mm -hmm. language. And so like, you know, if you, it'd be neat to like, like if I get an awesome opportunity in Italy and then I enroll my kids in Italian school for three mm -hmm. or four years, 
I still, I, I don't have confidence that I'm going to move back here or to Canada or to somewhere. And like, they're just going to speak Italian their whole life. Like, I think they'd forget it. And it's yeah. like structuring around having your kid's life be as, um, convenient, what's the word? convenient or like, like Fluid. giving them the right learnings. It, it, yeah. I don't know. It's hard on, on the parent, I guess that, yeah. that has other desires. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I imagine you've considered it at one point too, but, uh, an, another country that I had considered, uh, recently was Japan. Um, and the, the idea of that is like, do, do you send your kid to the school where it's like, there's this notorious cram culture of like do homework nonstop, or do you pay $40,000 for them to go to like the international school? <laughs> Try having two kids. Yeah. <laughs> but, but 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 that's largely it too right it's it's like not just like it's like if you're if you're going to stay in the country forever then obviously you want to integrate them into the the local school system but if you're planning on a return back to canada like you got to make sure that they they're learning all the same stuff that they're learning in canadian schools right yeah and like i don't know there's other as far as I've heard, like problems around like uh, accreditation and like the, mm -hmm. the school years start at different times. I, I feel like, yeah. yeah, especially like imagine, um, again, with multiple kids trying to yeah. balance that or figure that out, like all that stuff is, is going to be, yeah, really tough. Yeah. Um, yeah. Really, really tough. I don't even have a solution because I don't think there is one, right? No, there isn't. It's like you have to just decide which of the two systems are you going to integrate into. And yeah, I, I always feel like, I feel like we talked about this before and this seemed like less a, a concern for you. I'm not sure how you feel actually, but like the other thing too, like, I don't know, I grew up in one socially. place. What, what socially? Well, I'm just gonna say I grew up in one place and like mm -hmm. my only experience of life is like going through the whole, like I was in Nova Scotia until I was 19. So mm -hmm. I grew up with all the same people. And like, of course people moved once, maybe even twice. So like some people moved into our, our uh, area in grade mm -hmm. four or whatever. But like, I, I don't know. I, I just, hesitate to like move my kid around everywhere just because like especially now like she has a really good friend that's exactly mm -hmm. the same age as her born the same month and they've known each other since they were little babies yeah and it's like if i was just to move to a new city every three years like you know she loses that yeah and it's like people make new friends and whatever but i think like i don't know like it's definitely a consideration right um it's definitely something that affected me because i i did move around a little mm -hmm. bit mm -hmm. um like my parents moved the first time when i was four mm -hmm which is probably young enough that yeah it's it's not an impact but it's like you could you go to a place and you know literally no one mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. and then you start your your kindergarten or whatever and you make some friends and then i moved again when i was in grade five um and that was i did find that quite hard i would um, say like yeah grade five six seven eight nine ten like that would be a hard move even like i had a friend um, who was like me, he just lived in the same area, but you know, he kind of came from a wealthy family, I guess, or something. And they decided for high school to send him to a, a some special private high school. Mm -hmm. And so like all his friends he grew up with all through the system, they're always in the same classes. They always hung out after school, whatever. And then just him, boom, high school, boom, yeah. three years. I think at the time, maybe it was four different mm -hmm. school, different area. doesn't hang out with those people, doesn't see them, doesn't get to yeah. have those experiences. Like, I guess, you know, it's better for his education, but and he, he lived in the same house even like, like, so yeah. to move around. Yeah. I don't know. I haven't like deeply researched the effects on kids, but, um, I mean, every, I everyone is an individual, right? Like they're all going to react differently. Like, I, I yeah. feel like there's enough stories of, uh, like Mark Hamill or Sebastian Bach or whoever, who, uh, Sebastian Bach being the, the, the modern musician, not Johann Sebastian Bach. 
but like but there's Mark like, Hamill being Mark Hamill. Yeah, yeah. I well, you know, the guy that played the Joker. Yes. Um, <laughs> uh, like there's lots of these people that did move around, and and I feel like they developed they enjoyed it and and developed like these extrovert personalities where they were able to start expanding out and meeting other people easily and stuff um i i was always more of an introvert i found it difficult introvert is hard because you build relationships with people yeah it's a small group you build those relationships with and they're so important and when they're yanked away it's like oh right Yeah. yeah so it's like um i didn't really for a couple years after I moved in grade five, I stayed friend, good friends with some of the people that I knew um, in in my earlier grades. I'm distracted because I can feel my uh, phone vibrating here somewhere, but I don't even know what pocket it's in. Um, hang on, you did? No, it's it's spam. So I gotta just hang up. I get a lot of spam calls these days. Yeah, uh, I always get um, your social security number has been compromised. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a, a warrant out for your arrest. I've gotten yeah, that yeah. call so many times. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe they think if they call me enough, I'll think it's real, right? Yeah. Um, well, it, it was it was tough in grade six because I was suddenly the new kid in class, mm-hmm. and and pretty much everyone picks on the new kid mm-hmm. for some reason. Um, and I guess I was kind of saved because about halfway through the year, an, another new kid showed up and suddenly everyone diverted their attention to him. And suddenly I wasn't the new kid anymore. Man, this youth culture is such a miserable thing. Yeah. I, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, I guess it's different. Like when you go to college, everyone's new, right? And even yeah. though it's challenging as an introvert, but still it's like, it's not like you're hopping into this room where everyone knows each other, right? Yeah. That's, and the, that's rough, yeah. And, that, and that's the thing is I noticed even... Um, like grade six was elementary school, but grade seven was junior high. And so suddenly everyone was kind of then that same boat. And I feel like I I was completely fine in both junior high and high school. And like most of, most of the friends that I made um, in junior high, I wasn't friends with in elementary. And most of the friends I made in high school, I wasn't friends with in junior high. Um, yeah, it's, I feel the same way. And it's really weird for me because I feel like, the same thing like everyone's kind of in this new environment and so it's like this fresh start and yeah part that's part of why i had like a really good time in high school like i loved high school mm-hmm. and i hated junior high and it was just like there's just that many more people there's less like the closed-mindedness is still yeah. there of course but like it's a little it's a little uh um uh, relieved i guess and yet like somehow i found myself hanging out with all the people that were actually all in the same classes with me all the way through elementary mm-hmm. it's almost like we kind of knew each other but like yeah now we really know each other or something it was just weird how that worked out um so I, I don't know. You went to you went to Bible Hill Junior High, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah, I remember. Yeah, and I don't think you and I hung out at all. I think I knew we who you there, were. Right? Well, you I mean, were the guy with the guitar. I was. No, I didn't have a, <laughs> I didn't have a guitar in uh, in junior high. Oh really? Well, maybe I didn't. <laughs> My earliest yeah. memory is you with guitar stuff. So. Um. <clears throat> yeah, I th- I think we probably casually knew who we were, who each other were, because we we had mutual friends. Probably, but, yeah. but I don't think you and I would have hung out until uh, in uh, high school when we we yeah. jo- both were going to art club together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, were you in any of those movies we made in high school? Was that a thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah I was, you were in the lightsaber movie. movie. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, but, which Ridiculous. which picked off because uh, I don't remember who who was better at Doctor Mario than the other person, but somebody. 
the whole lightsaber. Was, I thought it, yeah, I thought it was a, a Star Fox or something. I'm pretty sure it was Dr. Mario. All right. Just as well. Just In your basement. <laughs> good times, good times. Good yeah. times. Speaking of, I don't know, learning things or not learning anything. I don't know <laughs> exactly is the better analogy. But yeah, so I mean, I, I kind of feel like that that same sort of feeling that I got from going into junior high and suddenly being with a whole bunch of new people and making new friendships, and then the same thing in high school. Like, to me, that's largely what moving around is like. Mm-hmm. I feel like, I, I mean, in my industry, it's very common for people to be moving around. So I feel like there's constantly these groups of expats who form this n- little network moving trope. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, and I I feel like that the experiences I had, like when I graduated and I stayed in Toronto and I went from like one company to another company in Toronto, it's like I still had my friend network and it, nothing seemed new or exciting. I didn't really make friends mm. with my new colleagues at the new company very well. And then when I moved to a new country, suddenly like all of the expats were just like, we were good friends. And then I moved to another, another place and it was kind of the same way. And I felt like, I don't know, I, I feel like to an extent wanting to move is wanting to recapture that aspect. Uh, of it. Interesting, 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 interesting. Uh, it's weird for me because, I mean, of course, I like the people I work with. Everyone's fine. But I feel like kind of the, the type of people I graduate, uh, like gravitate to are like not really like not i don't have a ton of friends in the tech industry i guess specifically mm-hmm. which i find when you talk to people in the tech industry they all of their friends are in the tech industry like they hang out with each other and i'm hanging mm-hmm. out with more like you know artsy people or like whatever just like other kind of other people a little bit mm-hmm. um and so it's always actually kind of really stressful for me like even when i came to the u.s at first mm-hmm. like you know how do you meet friends as a 30 something yeah and you're working and you have kids like you're not yeah the, the, the having only kids is the hard work. part yeah having kids really drives the nail home but even without that it's like yeah. really 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 tough like yeah. the people i hang out with here that are not in tech i'm not even kidding like are people that like like one guy i met because i i was selling nintendo games on craigslist mm-hmm. and we like we started like scoping deals together and we'd like find this big <laughs> lot and we'd go and buy them and split them up. And then we just kind of started hanging out <laughs> and like, or like people from Vancouver, they'll just like drive across cause I still know them from before or yeah. like, uh, you know, that guy's friends or like my neighbor who happens to be doing other things, but he's like really into the same stuff, like stuff like that. And it's, it's, I don't know, it's just kind of funny, but like, yeah, it's really hard for me to get like really good friends, uh, through work connections I've found. And now we've yeah. pandemic. So, yeah. Yeah, I uh, I've 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 had a harder time with that switching into games. Uh, really? I, film? I, yeah, I found that in film. Uh, I don't know. I I think it's like one part because of there's that whole contractual uh, style of employment where like everyone's only employed for the duration of the film, and then everyone goes to mm. new studios and stuff. But I feel like a lot of people there were extroverts and they all wanted to go to like movie theaters and, and go out to restaurants and stuff. And, and there was constantly like going out with people. Whereas I found yeah. that, and, and it's it's hard to compare because maybe largely it's the fact that I'm a parent now and I can't yep. go to movies and I can't go to restaurants and stuff unless I like arrange for babysitters and stuff. And it's harder to be spontaneous when you've, you've got a family. Um, yep. but, but, but I found that like, so many more people that I work with were interested in just like at lunchtime instead of going to a restaurant, just putting on their headphones and playing a game or watching Netflix. Yeah. 
so I don't know. I I I've, have found it more difficult at all the the companies I've been at. I'll, I'll make like one or two friends, but it's it's hard to even organize time to hang out after work these days. Well, I mean, before yeah, the yeah. pandemic, as these days. <laughs> now yeah, it's just yeah, literally it doesn't happen it's just a zero yeah yeah <laughs> yeah no i know it sucks yeah everything sucks I, it must be so rough like i'm i'm at least at a stage in my life where like i kind of have friends that i've had for a long time i have you know whatever like my life is fairly established for better or for worse uh what's the word i'm looking for i guess like routine if you will like for if you were like someone who's just graduating from high school right now or just graduating from university or like one of those times that i think it's kind of pivotal to get these connections and start really growing socially uh yeah. it must be so hard or even like i don't know my my daughter is young enough and i think they're doing a good enough job with like all the pandemic uh measures and stuff that i mean she's still kind of making friends as well as she can and so it's going pretty well but like i was really worried that like it, it wouldn't go well because <laughs> obviously like um with her learning english as a second language uh, i figured like my what i was looking forward to the most honestly with her going to kindergarten in grade one was like having more social time with people and establishing mm -hmm. those friendships yeah. and then it's like boom pandemic stay home and do these little math exercises you know like yeah. uh no no right but it's gone quite well <laughs> considering so uh i guess kids do adapt fast say that yeah yeah he's a uh, my, my kid it's definitely better. Well, I, I was worried about it because during the pandemic, it seemed like he was getting so little exposure to other people that mm -hmm. like we would go out in public and it'd be like he and I just like hanging out by ourselves. He would play like mm -hmm. Pokemon Go or something uh, in like a parking lot. And then some other people would come by and they would see him because he's running around in circles like a crazy maniac and they'd try to talk to him and he would just like hide behind me oh really wow <laughs> so so i was like starting to get nervous about him being able to make friends but now he, he went to we signed up for the daycare even so he goes to school and then he goes to daycare afterwards and uh he it's all good He's happy. He he wants to stay there and play with people. Like there's a there's another girl Great. that's the same age as him, and we we I pick him up and her parents pick her up at like the the last few minutes that they're allowed to be at the school. Mm -hmm. So they've already been like at school for uh, what uh, like 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. So they've been in class for six hours, and then they've been. Uh, at daycare for another three hours and then they don't want to go home they want to just play in the parking lot at the school for another hour <laughs> uh, hey i mean it's all very positive awesome things i mean yeah, yeah. we uh, we went to um uh we went to the like pta what do they call it like the parent teacher meetup yeah. or whatever um just to talk about how our daughter's doing and one of the things I was totally shocked about, um, like she gave a bunch of feedback, mostly stuff I figured from stuff we see at home. You know, she's she gets frustrated easy, but she's really good at this. And this is good. That needs work. Blah blah blah. But one of them was um, when the teacher asks questions, she raises her hand really often to answer them. And I was like, real, like I couldn't believe it. Yeah. Like, I mean, she's shy. Like to, I can't imagine her like raising her hand to answer English questions. It just blows my mind. So and the teacher was like, really? No, absolutely. <laughs> so I mean, I think yeah, kids can surprise you. Um, I mean, that's a happy thing. I was like, great. Okay. Yeah. That actually blew my, the opposite of that was true for my kid uh, really? when, he, wow. when he was in uh, pre-K. Like okay. he's, he's so hyper all the time. He's running around like crazy and like banging into the walls and knocking stuff over and throwing stuff. And it's, it's exhausting <laughs> for me. <laughs> um, 
And I was so surprised when I went to my first parent teacher interview and he just sat there like with his hands on his lap quietly and barely said anything. And he's just like so he, uh, polite and quiet when he's at school. <laughs> I'm just like, what is going on? And we have the opposite, right? Yeah. Not quite the opposite, but pretty opposite. Yeah. yeah. That's funny. That's funny. Yeah. Um, we're coming up on time here. Uh, how about Indeed. you? How about you tell me about all the games you played? <laughs> you're uh, you're poking me with a hot stick. Uh, I'm sorry, man. I, I shouldn't. Do I've that. Uh, I yeah. I mean, I really. It's been it's been kind of a, a very busy period for me. But I've been just I don't know. Like every now and then, I need a stress relief uh, coping mechanism or something. And so I've been playing just some Sega here and there, uh, trying to sample the library. I mean, it's one of the bigger libraries I haven't yeah. um, spent a ton of time with. I know you're all about like I'm gonna beat this game and then I'm gonna beat this game. Yeah. I find it really fun to like kind of just explore what's out there. Uh, this maybe goes back to me trying to balance being like deep on stuff versus shallow and wide. Yeah. But um, Sega has some interesting stuff. There's some interesting weird like quirky simulations and stuff. So uh, I can't even name anything. I've just been kind of exploring. Maybe I'll land on something and, and drill down. I, I I try to do both deep and wide. Yeah. Like I, like I try to pick stuff from different eras and different systems, but I do try to yeah. like play those things in their entirety when i pick something up yeah i uh, used to do that i'm kind of like I, I if the game's fun yeah but i don't i feel it has to yeah, be really fun to <laughs> justify it yeah if, if i don't have fun i abandon it pretty quick yeah, i, I yeah. tried giving uh, the first halo a shot recently and oh wow well wow. I, I put an hour and a half into that and i'm probably not gonna ever return to it when that was such a thing, like it was fun because I enjoy social gaming. So, I mean, the game could be the worst game ever. And if it's like me and my friends sitting around laughing and, you know, chilling, it, it can be fun. And so Halo is one of those where it's like, I'd never pop that in myself. <laughs> well, like, I mean, okay, it's, okay. I mean, I didn't do multiplayer. I, I was doing the campaign, right? Yeah. But I mean, even, even I found that even for one player games, like I have some really good memories of like all of us getting together and like playing through all of uh, like Resident Evil 1 or something. Um, right. Yeah. So like Halo, I'd. Don't they have a co-op campaign or something? I feel like I played that. Um, probably, I don't know. I think there's multiplayer and a co-op campaign and a single-player campaign. <clears throat> I guess you sure. didn't like it. Uh, no. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, no. <laughs> not your favorite. I don't no, hate it. I just not for me. I I don't I don't like. Um, it was it was okay. Like like some of what I played was okay, but it's just like it it's not. Um, it doesn't feel like strategic to me in yeah. a way that I'm used to with modern games. Like there's, I don't know. I've been playing a lot of uh, uh, Last of Us Part Two or like the Uncharted games, like Naughty Dog games and stuff. And mm-hmm. there's there's a lot of like taking cover and, and switching up your weapons and stuff in in a way that I didn't. Uh, I fi- I found that with the enemies in that game, you can just kind of like dodge back and forth and yeah and and constantly do that and you'll be fine. Yeah. Um. But. I don't know. The I'm currently working through uh, Castlevania: Lords of Shadow on PS3. Oh yeah, yeah. I think you mentioned you're going to start that. Liking yeah, it? I I'm liking it a lot. Um, cool. I'm I'm a little bit more than halfway through it right now, and it's uh, surprisingly good. A little bit dated with how they handle the camera, but um, it's a it's a it's really solid. Cool, cool. Well, uh, maybe next I time did. we can talk about that. Sure. Cool, and cool. on that note, we should probably wrap up. All right. Yeah, I got to run. All right. Cheers. Cool. Take care.